0: welcome to next up with next gen the podcast bringing you insights and perspectives from the next generation of leaders in the american council of the blind brought to you by acb next generation hello hello and thanks for checking out another episode of the next up with next gen podcast Presented by ACB Next Generation. My name is Greg Lindbergh, and I'm proud to serve as the chair of the Publications Committee of ACB Next Generation. Here on this episode of the podcast, we are featuring a recording from a recent education event put on by the Next Gen Programs Committee and this is part 3 of an advocacy series of events that we held over the summer in 2023 and this event was held back in July of 2023 so let's go ahead now and turn things over to hindley williams who was the main facilitator of this event hindley take it away
1: thank you all for being with us this evening my name is hindley williams um, I am going to be your facilitator this evening. This advocacy event is the sort of a three-part series. The first two were, uh, it's covered different types of advocacy, um, including in daily life uh, and all sorts of different things. But this evening, we're going to focus on some of the more nuts and bolts of actual legislative advocacy and how all of that works and we're joined by two experts and i'm going to give them a chance to introduce themselves um so james if you want to go first um just tell us your name where you're from and um how you got involved uh, uh, what what you do on the advocacy space
2: all right so my name is james edwards uh actually i'm will let you know i'm 74 years old now and i so so I, in the last 30 years or so, I got involved in in, uh, in uh, actively getting involved in civic groups such as the American Council of the Blind of Oregon. I served as 10 years of president of that group. And then I got involved in my local community on on the uh, local government level where I served uh, as planning chair for four years and then moved to city council. And then the last five years up until January of this month, I served as mayor. So I, I I had the opportunity opportunity to do a lot of uh, avoc- advocacy work for for not only for the blind community but also for my local community. I think uh, probably the two biggest highlights of of my advocacy efforts during the last thirty years have been when we, as American Council of Blind, we we went to our legislation, our state legislation, and got a bill passed called the. Uh, uh, Prescription reader bill so that blind people, uh, pharmacies were required to notify blind and vision impaired and print disabled people that there was an option that they could have their prescriptions labeled with a uh, label that could be read by a prescription reader. And we went through the whole process, and I can explain that later after my introduction to get that done. And the second uh, biggest event I'd held as an advocacy was advocating for my city, city that I live in as leader uh, to, to obtain a 14.6 million dollar grant, uh, something that has never been done here. So that's a little bit about it, a little bit about my, myself and my background.
1: Thank you so much, James. We're so glad that you're with us. Uh, Swatha, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Um hi everyone.
3: I am Swabda Nanda Kumar. I am the advocacy and outreach specialist at ACB. Um I have been in this role for two years, so um I really do almost think I can focus on um advocacy and government affairs with um with my colleagues. Um and le- love include lo- 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 as working with Congress and the legislature to get bills introduced and just passed, or to get the issues. Um, before that, I have a political political background, so um, I worked in the I interned with um, some sen- in the um, Senate, um, and also interned like a several, like several campaigns for several campaigns. So um, I've been on both on both both sides of the aisle, kind of both sides of the. Um, Advocacy space, so like with with Congress and with the advocacy and with with like my job. So, um, yeah, not as not as much as um, James. Like, uh, yeah, I have a job now. So,
1: so as you can see, we've got two panelists here who have some different areas of expertise, and they're also at completely different perspectives in terms of just starting out and also looking back. Um, on on what they have accomplished. So we've got Swatha who's just starting out and we've got James who is kind of looking back and, and also um, you know, able to share a lot of successes with us and also um, is going to be able to continue to strategize with his affiliate as well. So we've got kind of this, this, this bookend um, and there's a lot of rich perspective that we really wanna dig into. So I'm gonna go ahead, let's start with James again. Um, and we'll, we'll start small and we'll, we'll grow larger here. So let's start with the smaller end talking about state legislation and statewide advocacy and local advocacy. Um, James, if if you want the floor and feel free to share about, you know, personal successes or moments when you thought you, things weren't going quite so well. And, um, just feel free to share your words of wisdom.
2: Sure. So I'll start with, uh... The Mayor Council of Blind of Oregon. I attended a national convention, and I don't recall what year. So a few years ago, and uh, I heard about a bill that I think it was Nevada that had got passed through their legislation on the prescription reading device. And so I brought it back to Oregon, and I, as president, I was also chair of the uh, advocacy advocacy legislative committee. So I had a fellow on there. His name was Art Stevenson. I don't know if anybody knows him or not, but he was absolutely uh always enthused about getting involved in in legislative issues he lived in salem and he was constantly at the state capitol making friends with uh representatives and senators and that sort of thing so i brought this idea that oregon should make an attempt to have that become a law in in oregon so of course uh r stevenson just loved the idea and so he ran with it so the process what the process is and it's a it's a process that many people don't realize how it can be accomplished. And anybody with any idea that they think would benefit a large segment of the population can go to their, their state legislatures and present this idea and working through the process. If it's, if it's a feasible idea and they consider it as something that they want to sponsor and turn it into a law that will affect everybody. So we went to, um, we found a senator, or uh, I think she was a senator, in Portland, Oregon, who was on the committee, I think it was through the Public Health Committee, that we thought would be a good person to bring the idea to. So we went to, I live about, uh, I don't know, 200 miles away from Portland. so But I went to Portland, along with my group of five or six people, and we presented this idea to her, and she said, this is a no-brainer. She said, I'd be more than happy to sponsor this for you. So we said, okay, so we turned it over to her and she went through the process. The process starts if you if she drew up the bill the way she thought it should be presented, presented it to the legal counsel for the state of Oregon. They had, uh, revised it to to make it a legal bill with all the legal language in it that had to be in there to be passed through legislation. So we got all that done, and then we went to. They started having public hearings with the full committee, which consisted of, I think, uh, three senators and and four uh, representatives of, of from di- from from different uh, places in within the state legislation. And during that time, we went to Salem about four times, I think it was, to listen to the public hearings on it and to participate. So we were called on to to state our case uh, several times during this process which uh, which what that consists of is um, when they come to your build and they start talking about it and they ask for testimony so we were providing public testimony on how this would help the blind disabled print print disabled uh, community and of course there's always opposition party to about anything you do so we had people from the pharmacy um, uh, agencies uh, to coming and kind of kind of uh, disagreeing with us somewhat, but even at that, they weren't re- real adamant about it. I think they could see the benefit to the people, and it wasn't that that expensive for those for the pharmacies to do. all well, we did, we had a couple that was balking at it, but We went through the whole process and got it done, and now it's a, it's an Oregon law. Um, that all pharmacies have to notify blind and print disabled people that there is a device that will help them read their labels. And it was a very interesting process. And several people on, on my committee and in, in, in my uh, organization learned a lot through that process because we called on people within, throughout our organization, come and testify, tell your story, tell people how, how if you don't get your medication right, it can have a devastating effect on on your life. So we had a lot of people coming and testifying, which really impressed the uh, the committee that we were testifying in front of. And when we finally got done, uh, the senator who was in charge of that committee, she came off the dais and, and and came down with three or four others and said, we we really appreciate what you folks did and we think it's great and we want to have our picture taken with you guys. So there we were, the American Council of the Blind Standing with the senators, our state, and in the, in the legislative chambers, having their picture taken. so it was a great success for us. It was a process that taught a lot, taught us a, a lot about how the process works and how, actually, how easy it is if you just uh, if it's a good bill and a good good idea, you can you you can just do it and get it done. So, so that's the message I want to convey tonight to everybody that. If you have an idea, it's as simple as taking it to a legislature and having that person recognize the value of it, convince a person that, of the value of it, and that person will sponsor it and take it through the process um, in state legislation. So that's one side of it. So the other side is I got involved, as I said, in local politics, became the mayor. And so being a mayor of a community is Constantly advocating for your community on all sorts of issues,
0: uh,
2: uh, homeless people, uh, uh, um, enforcing ordinances, and keeping your city clean. And just and you know, it's amazing how many people. I had an office down City Hall, and daily people came in and told me there issues and their problems and their thoughts about the city. And so we talked about how we could overcome things that were going on that were negative and how we could move forward and create a better city for us. And that's, it's all related to, related to advocate, advocating, advocating for the citizens of your community, advocating for the citizens of, or the people in your organization and that sort of thing. And like I said, at one point we, uh, we decided we would build a new wastewater treatment plan because ours is old and dilapidated. So I became a personal friend of, of my state legislator for my district here. And so he would come to town, and we'd get together and talk and about things. And so at one point he called me one day and said that the federal government had given each state a large chunk of money. I think we as Oregon got two, two or three billion dollars and it was going to be allotted for to small communities to do shovel ready projects. So he called me and said, how much money do you think you'll need? And I said, well, I know that we put it out there to the citizens. we would It would cost at least $10, 10 million, but I would not be afraid to ask for $14 million. So he said, well, the governor has told me that I have to present, come up with three shovel-ready projects. And one of them is to present to her to be approved for this money. He said, so I'm going to put you, Lakeside, on on." Uh, as a number one priority, so he did, and through that we received a grant for fourteen point six million dollars to build a wastewater treatment plant. So it's all about uh, creating relationships with your with your people who can who are the decision makers who can help you get what you want, creating it and and uh, maintaining it. So that's a, a large part of it because of it, it really helps to have people on your side,.
1: I think you raised a couple of really important points. Um, in particular, I, I think a lot of times we think of our legislators as really separate from us. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that they have a job because of us. And it's their job to listen to what we need in our community and and to raise our voices and say, make it known what we need in our community. Um, and I think there's a lot of, maybe in some cases anxiety, maybe in some cases, not really feeling like it will make an impact. But from what you're saying, it sounds like, you know, these, these problems, the, these issues you were facing were able to be solved. You know these real issues were able to be solved by policy, um, and the policy so right. impacted life.
2: Yes. You are you are so right, and these people want to be approached because they're there to serve the citizens of of your state. So they appreciate it when you when you approach them with an idea, or to talk about the issues concerning your community, uh, because that's what they're there for. And without Knowing, uh, you know, getting hearing from their constituents, they really don't have a clue as to what's going on. That's why uh, many times your state senators will come to your state and hold uh, town hall meetings so they can listen. They he or she can listen to you, and so that's what it's all about. They're there for you. You just need to take advantage of of who who they are and why they're there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I definitely agree, and and we are we're the voters and not only do we get to vote in these people or vote them out we also get a say in what they do throughout their term um all right so let's switch gears a little bit so we heard a lot of really great information from James who has a lot of on the ground direct experience with state and local legislation um but i want to switch gears and and hear from swatha a little bit about what goes on in Washington, DC, and why does it matter to us? And maybe hear a little bit about some of her experiences um, working uh, in advocacy professionally. Absolutely.
3: So, yeah, of course. So I, wanna, I just want to echo what James said about um, these people are here to serve you and they do really want to hear from you. It's the same thing at the Ashman level, they really do want to hear feedback. We, Every year at ACP, we have our annual legislative seminar, um, and that seminar is really where we talk about our our priorities for the for the for upcoming year in Congress. Um, so, like last year, we had the bill, the four bills that I want. We wanted to um, bring up. I wanted Congress to pass, introduce, and pass. Um, and those bills are really, really what the really what the the community would what community wants and needs. So. Um, a bill um, on the website accessibility, um, that bill, um, we really, like, it's really important that the Congress hears from you about what's, what's important to you, and um, also, like, just don't be afraid to talk talk to staff members about this, um, so I, I remember, like, um, really, like, um, so I started out, really, like, in, um, so my background is really, really important politics and I'm working on a hill. So, um, I would get these phone calls from constituents asking, um, to tell, tell Center um, blank, tell, tell center to, um, introduce a bill on, on, on such, such issue such topic. So, um, yeah. So, they really do what I want to hear from you. and want to hear about, um, your thoughts on what bill should, what laws should pass. Um, so, like, what happens in most cases is that um a bill is, is is an idea from 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 a constituent or from um an advocate and then it comes um it goes as a bill to committee and that can make whatever bill that uh, a project topic that a bill addresses um so like the website bill for example um go to um Senate Health Education Education and Labor Committee because that bill um, deals with education labor. So these bills, um, then after that, after, after the committee, they get they have to get passed by the committee, and um, that committee will work on both bills to the floor, and then these, the bill would um, have to go through to House, but both House and So it's so important the bills become like by camera, so in both House and Senate. Um and then they get um it's it, it, they get passed in both chambers and they go to to, to to conference so that um they come on bill for president sign. Um so really really really, really this, this process there's a lot um that, that go goes, goes on from constituents from constituents and um from members and from members of congress and constituents um like all of you guys um had a, had opportunity to go to um advocate for for bills or for uh idea of the bills um any, any stage any stage of this of this process so um yeah anywhere you anywhere the bill is you have um ability to ability to advocate for it or to um how you center a person? How important is to you? Um so yeah, so I don't echo what James said. these these people um are in office because you because of, because of you. They want to hear from me, want to hear ideas and um what feels are important to you. So um yeah, um I yield. So um yeah, it's also about um vision, vision building. So um you know, Danielle mentioned that um and like her, her kids her kids were wrapped around center, the um state, state legislators' fingers uh because um she goes so often that they know they know her, they know she's important to her. They also know um that she's a strong advocate. So um I think that it's important for you to like, keep keep um at this Process and keep on talking to your um, other, other staff about issues. So.
1: Fantastic, Swatha. And I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit because you, you're in, you know, the next gen um, age group that we tend to focus on is this 80, 18 through 40 mm-hmm. age group. And of course we have uh, other older supporting members as well. Um, but since you are in the, in the primary age group focus, I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about what it is like as a young person doing this work and walking around the Capitol and having contact with legislators and their staffers. Um, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about, about what this journey has been like for you. Um, I think we would all benefit from hearing a little bit about that.
3: Yeah. So um, there's a statistic out there that the average staffer, the average age of a, of a staffer or like of a um, Staff member for staff member for, for, for legislators is 25, to tw- 26. So um it's really just like being among being among my peers um and being like it's not um so asking is a good way to uh, make sure you're intimidated by your um by your legislators because their staffers are are our age, they are they are not optic. They and you understand that you um yeah, I do understand that you um care about issues and you want to hear from them. Um, so for me, like I just really um. So about so for me um, with that so for sorry i sorry, so for that um, like it's really just like. I think I think she's understanding that on this or her her her, her sort of view, Um, for me, like I mean. I got this job basically as, kind of, because of the, fa- the passion about issues that, um, and I'm here to, uh, that, like, um, I do want to do advocacy, advocacy in, in the space. So, um, it's really just about, um, it kind of passion and, um, and kind of drive and all that. So, it's really just, like, you, if you're, if you're seeing issues, you, um, are among your peers, are among your peers and among people that, um, I understand I understand that you are passionate issues. So um yeah, for me it's just like have re- remembering that I'm there and I know a lot. Or like I'm, I am surrounded by people that know a lot and I understand, understand as well. So um yeah, just you kind know, of remembering that these people are like they're 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 they they're for you. So
1: fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, you both have hinted at this idea that one of the keys to advocacy is first initiating and then maintaining a relationship with legislators. And both of you mentioned a couple things. Um, Swatha, you mentioned the thing about um, Danielle's children. Uh, uh, the senator, the state senator, recognizing Danielle's children, right, and that, that builds a relationship, that builds connection um, between the senator and the constituents. And and James, you were you were talking about a lot about this as well. Um, and and we have a lot of mechanisms for maintaining relationships. Swatha, you mentioned DC leadership, which is a fantastic way for us to check in with our legislators on the federal level annually. Um, and that's, that's just a way if we keep coming back every year, they're going to know who we are and they're going to know that, that we're, we're keeping an eye on what they're doing and we're making sure that they're making good policies for blind Americans. But I think what's really daunting is initiating that relationship. So how, and whoever wants to go first, I'd like to hear from both of you, but, uh, whoever might want to go first, how do you initiate? Um, how do you, how do you make that first meeting, meeting meaningful? And, and how do you continue that follow-up, especially for someone maybe who hasn't done this before?
3: So I think ACB, ACB, ACB is a great um, way to do that because you're, you're surrounded by folks that, that before, and you have, and you have uh, people like, people um, sort of at your back making sure make sure that they know making sure they making sure that you uh, know the issues and that you can um, speak to them. So truly just like um I mean you know, understanding that thing that there are mo- many ways many ways that you can um, initiate um contact so the phone it can be a phone call, it can be an email, it can be any um number of like isn't this space <laughs> with face, face, face meeting so it can be like anything um and just kind of finding finding support system and your community, find, find, find your passions in your,
1: and your as well. So, fantastic, James. Do you want to share?
2: Well, in in, in my case, uh, and, and Swate, you know, it, it is is true. Uh, the walking the halls on the hill is is very exciting. Uh, for six years, I attended this uh, the National Legislative Seminars and and went up on the hill and talked to our the Oregon representatives and it's very very rewarding to be able to be where they're at and you get to know these people after a couple of times of, of meeting with them and most of the time you meet with your staff but occasionally you get lucky and meet with a actual senator or a representative but one thing I did notice about when I was there in in the hall uh, up on the hill there in the in those buildings was most of the staffers that we met with were the younger people you know under 40 and under so so i, I can see swatha where you you have an end there because of your age and and the age of the people that you work with back there and in, in the capital. so that's very exciting but when i i many years ago i don't know six or seven years ago i started a, a event called i called it coffee with the mayor every monday at 10 o'clock i would there's a local restaurant here and i would be there at 10 o'clock every morning morning and invite people to come and talk to me about issues in our city. At one point, a fellow by the name of Boomer Wright, and he came down there from, he lived in Florence, I think it was, and he came and introduced himself and said he was running for, for a Republican state representative center or position. And so he introduced himself to me and the group was there. And so from that initial meeting with him, we met several times after that because when he would come to town he would call me or stop by my office and we'd go have coffee or whatever and every time he'd come to town to try to try to drum up uh, votes you know he'd always call on me to set up meetings for and things like that so that's how i built that relationship that allowed me to procure a, a big amount of money for the city of lakeside without that relationship i would not have been able to Uh, We had a representative by the name of Peter DeFazio, and that name may sound familiar to some of you because he was an Oregon representative for many years in Washington, D.C., and so when he would come to town, actually, we met with him personally in his office the first year I was there, and uh, so when he would come to town for his uh, town hall meetings, I would always attend. And and I would always make an, uh, an effort to, uh, you know, shake hands with him and speak to him and, and tell him thanks for coming and take, talking to the community. And so he appreciated that. So from that, you know, every time uh, I would see him, he would know who I was because, uh, oh yeah, you're the guy that was in my office. You know, it was a white cane. Yeah, so yes, sir, that was me. So so it's it's things like that can help you build relationships with these people and just putting yourself out there and and, uh, and one thing i have i always tell people don't be intimidated by these people because they are very smart people they have a lot of knowledge that 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 due to their experience and the years they've been doing things that will make them almost seem intimidating but but they are not you know they're more than willing to use that knowledge they have to share it with you as as a person and and to me that's the that is something that really, really helped me a lot because, well, not so much Boomer right, because uh, he was new in, in the legislature, but uh, he learned a lot. You know, he told me one time, I came to Salem because I was going to clean house and get rid of all these people that's been here for a long time. But you know something, James, he said, once I got here and found out that as as newly elected people, we wouldn't know what to do without the the knowledge of these older people. So so to get rid of all these older people would be a huge mistake because of their knowledge and their experience. And he learned; it didn't take him long to find out he can learn from these people. So that's kind of where I'm at there. You know, just to, uh, I appreciate uh, people for who they are and what they are, and I do my, I do take every advantage I can from, to learn from people.
1: Thank you both. That's definitely very helpful. And I think it's really important to understand what James was saying about, yes, these are very educated people, but they talk to the public every day. And there's also no one more educated on the issues that impact you than you. Um, So that's, that's a really important thing when thinking about advocacy. If the issue is impacting you, then you're automatically qualified to speak about it. And a lot of people feel like they're not qualified to speak with legislators, and everyone is qualified. And Swatha did a great job uh, saying all the different ways that we can speak up. We don't have to go to a meeting on the hill or in our state capital. We can send an email. Um, We can, you know, a lot of politicians these days have Twitter accounts. We can tweet at them. Um, So there's a lot of a lot of different options for people using their talents whatever that talent might be um to get involved um i want to invite james and swatha to share anything else they they want to share before we open it up for questions um so whichever of you wants to go first if you just have you know an impactful story you'd like to share or any advice or um, anything you you really feel like you wanted folks to hear from you, but you have not been able to fit in just yet.
2: So what I what I want want to uh, impart to people is is to get involved. Uh, you know, you can't make a difference unless you do get involved. You cannot make a difference from the sidelines. You have to put yourself out there and say, hey, this is what we want to do. This is what we feel strongly that we need to have you help us do. And that's the kind of thing that these people appreciate is people getting involved because it's very, very important that you get involved in whatever you're doing, whether it be ACB, ACB of your or, or national state affiliate or whatever, or your community or on your, your legislative people. Just let them know that you, you, you care and you have an issue you, uh, you would like to see addressed. And there's really, it's really very easy. There's nothing to it. I t- I tell you the truth. It's a, and after you get it done, then you feel rewarded. So, so my my advice to all all of you who are listening is get involved. Can't make a difference unless you do. it.
3: I'll just echo what James said. Get involved. Call um, like, talk to talk to um, councilman or senator often and as much and um. Make sure make sure they make sure they remember that um or make sure that they can um have they know how important how important issues you because um they really do pay attention to what to what you have to say and um they really do care about your opinions. Um and just like with um with dreams this coffee um and it's it, 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 it's um I pres- Representative, representative, representative representative um you know there' there are many ways that they, you can have involved um and um especially um with your um home home representative um you you, find, you figure out what works with for them and you have kind of stick with that so um if some calls are what they like, what what you like, then keep at it. Make sure make sure every every bill, every issue that comes up, you have your that that you care about. You tell them you t- you tell you tell them about it. You tell them that you care, you care about that you care about this and that you want to see pass or see it, um become a bill or a law. Make sure if it's email, email email, email as much as, as you think as you want to as right? you um find you. Find issues on. Um, so, like, we at HCB, we do send out emails, send out action alerts, action alerts, action alerts, action alerts. Action alerts. Um, so, we ask you to call or email your um later on um, issues. Um, the more they the more they hear about this, these issues, the more the more they'll care, and the, the more they will um act. Likely, they are to act on it. So, um, just getting just um make sure that they know that you care that you um, are involved because they see that and they, and they appreciate that. So.
1: I think you bring up a great point about the action alerts. If you want to be involved with some advocacy, but your life is really, really busy and you're not going to be tracking any kind of legislation anytime soon, those action alerts come right to your email and they'll keep you posted on what's going on. And then you can get involved in small ways as you see those emails come in. Um, so I think that's a really great point. Um, thank you both so much. This has been really helpful and you both have, um, so much experience to share with us. All right, Matt, do we have any raised hands for questions?
0: We do. We have Amanda.
1: All right, Amanda, go ahead. Hi, this is a great,
4: great information. I've been trying to promote it in the lounge as much as I can. So, um, Question um, about getting involved Um, with advocacy and legislation. We did just have a couple of resolutions in ACB that just passed um, regarding um, um, rideshare services. So just because I feel like this might be turned into a podcast later, I'm wondering if our speakers could tell us, um, you know, how... What what are some best practices when we um, have our friends on social media who, I mean, are, I don't want to say complaining, but voicing their opinions or, you know, talking about their experiences about rideshare denials um, and rideshare experiences um, and air, uh, let's see, the other one was airlines as well. Um, in any situation, using those two as, as just like a base example, what are some uh, best practices we can apply um, to be more proactive about when we run into issues like that?
3: Yeah, so um, you can definitely um, email me and Clark, and we can um, get through if you've um, two kind of a. Appropriate, appropriate, appropriate staff or department or um agency. But you can also um just write an email or call your local your local your local legislator and tell them about the issue. Tell them that you this is this is this is a problem. We, we need to figure out a solution to this. Um and if that if it if that could be a like a it might not um turn to turn to a bill, but I mean the more they hear but the more they hear from you, the more that they'll attention not are drawn to we drawn to issues we're drawn to issue, to issues are having. And um the more they hear from their constituents, the more the more they're le- likely likely to take to take action. So I think like just like talking to people um just picking up the phone and calling um like you know either ACB or NFB or um just your local um legislator office. Can have have a lot in this regard. James, any thoughts?
2: Yes, and 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 thank you, Suhasa. That's exactly what I was going to say. If you have something that concerns you, and you know that it it could be addressed by somebody with with more knowledge or more experience than you have, reach out to those people, like Suhasa and Clark, because ACB is always looking out for for people with complaints on issues like this and and remember that uh they have to abide by rules and regulations and sometimes they have to be prodded by people who can make them adhere to what they're supposed to be doing and so that's a, that's very good advice what they reach out to ACB, ACB because they are already involved in it and they can take your complaint and your issue and they can ad- help you address it
0: um <clears throat> I feel like, uh, you know, often um, we have, like, just as example, we have imperatives to go discuss with our congressional delegation. And, you know, we do that every year. And, uh, you know, as Watha and James both alluded to, you know, we try to encourage a book call and follow up and ask people to support legislation and stuff. But I feel like, at least for us here in Kentucky, that's kind of where things stop. I don't know that we've really formed any good relationships on the state level uh, or even on the local level. I wonder what you guys would think or what you might suggest to groups about how they can... Form relationships with their legislatures, even though there may not be a particular issue on the burner to discuss. You know, how can we um, uh, crack that door, as it were?
3: James, you are since it's local and state and Pacific.
2: So, do you do you, do you know who your state representative is for your district? <laughs> I do. Yes. Yeah. So so I would I, I don't if you're close to him invite him for coffee or something like that, or or if you have, a, I assume that you're an affiliate of ACB. Your state. Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. So invite that person to one of your events, whether if he, if it's close enough for him to come, for that person to come, invite him to one of your events, whether it be a, a state convention or a, a, a local chapter meeting or something that he he or she whoever it is can can come and you and become familiar with who you are and what and what you're doing, and that'll go a long way towards opening up a relationship.
1: I've also seen, uh, James. If I could add to that a bit, I, I've also seen uh, people invite legislators as speakers at state convention, and even if they just come and speak for ten minutes about why legislation for people with disabilities is important, or um, share about legislation they have helped get passed. You know that builds a relationship. Maybe you know legislators are, are tend to be really busy. So maybe they can't stay too long, but even if they just pop in for 10 minutes, um, you know, say hello to a couple folks, get up on stage and say a couple remarks. Um, you know, I mean, that that makes the convention and, and all the affiliate members more familiar with that person's name. Um, and it, you know, it 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 starts that precedent. of OK, let's invite that individual back next year. Um, so that's a great way to build a relationship, too, even if they can't stay for, like, a whole event or something. Great idea, Henley. That's a great
4: idea yeah. as well. Thank you. That idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um,
3: yeah, also, I'd, I'd, I'd add just, like, most offices in, in state house or state um, representative offices are um, open to public. So just walk in and say hi and make sure the staff um, knows your name and make sure that they, um, like, Especially with this much smaller area, like they 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 do want to hear from you, so just walk in and say hi and don't but don't what you care about and what your issues are so just any way you can just try and approach your, um yeah whoever you, whoever your resident is so I think that's a really
2: great yes. point Swatha. sorry go
1: ahead
2: james if I, if I may uh. Several years ago, when we had a very active legislative uh, committee here in, in in Oregon, we would what, about twice a year we would actually go get a group of us go to the Capitol, and and find a place that well they would allow us to set up a table in in the uh, main part of the Capitol building, and we would have uh, coffee and information on on blindness and disability and that sort of thing and they would walk by us and they would stop and chat with us and and ask questions and kind of know that let them know there is a group of people who who have to live uh, different than they do and that and that sometimes we may need their help and and that puts they remember that Uh, you know if if we have an issue that we want to bring up they remember that that there's a people out there that need our help so it's a great way to start or start uh, letting people, to, your decision makers, your your local or state decision makers, know that you're there.
1: And I think that's a fantastic point. And and also it, having some kind of contact, like giving legislators contact information, and saying to them, "Oh, I'm, you know, the president of the Kentucky affiliate for the American Council of the Blind," and here's my contact information in case any blind or low vision constituents contact your office and need support. Um, you know, that's a way to bring in new members too. So that's, that's a different lens as well. Yeah. It's
3: also important to know that, like, just that advocacy, advocacy just, just doesn't end the, the, the imperative. You can you need to follow up and you just need to like go there and keep at the issues. So just don't um like, March one you year in March is not enough for just building the ships. You have to keep, keep at it, keep at it. So I mean, just yeah, make sure make sure that they um know how important how important issues are to you. How much how much um you need you get to f- f- affect them or need them to
4: listen to you listen to you listen to you guys. So, so, Swatha, since we're since we're talking about legislation, and and James, I would love for you, you to chime in as well. Um, we th- this question was asked back in 2019 uh, when Next Gen was a a thought um, and became a committee, and a lot of people were asking um, th- this question, and it led to a scholarship program. That was provided by J.P. Morgan Chase. So, from Swatha or James, I'm I'm curious. Tell those of us who have never been to DC leadership uh, conference and um, the the Capitol Hill visits, why should us young people go to, and participate?
3: I think this is just just with the with the, the like they, I think for us as a black as a community like we most people think most people don't think of young girls being, being involved and um just it's, it just shows that, that we are, we're more involved and we care issues and we are we are into the future so I mean we I think that it's more just like getting. Just showing up and showing that you are involved in image your age. So, James, any thoughts?
2: Yes, like I said before, you cannot make a difference if you don't don't get involved. If you have an issue that you care about and you don't take any action on it whatsoever, you're not going to make any progress. So. As to answer your question, why should young people get involved? Because you are the future of all of us. And so it's important that you get involved. And it's not hard to do.
4: Thank you all so much. I wanted other people to um, to hear that. Um, I have only participated in the Hill Visits uh, virtually. Um, and I have to say, I, I loved every bit of it. But thank you all for answering my question.
2: Yes, you know, virtually since COVID, doing it virtually is nothing like being there in person. I, I really, truly enjoyed the six years I went back there and wandered the halls of our legislation. is is absolutely I, I love Washington D.C. So, if you ever get a chance, go back there and go to the uh, Hart building or or the long work building and see what's there.
3: I would one. Hardly. with that hardly. good Doom is great, but also being a person is also really like fun. And like it's uh, it's just it's it's a good it's, it's, it's experience, experience, experience. So
0: it truly is. So um a few years ago we had a visit with a certain senator and uh we'll just say that the Senator wasn't quite making the uh, East West connection on uh, what we were talking about and why we thought that it was important to us. So I wonder what kind of thoughts or tips do you guys have for helping our representatives make the East East West connection between, you know, Here's our issue. Here's why this is important and uh, why this is going to suffice as a solution over whatever they may think of on the, on the fly, let's say. So.
2: So if you if he won't listen to you, remember that next next year when it comes to election time, don't vote for a guy again. So (laughs) number one. So but and I understand your concern there, because there is these some of these people that we elect, elect, they're not perfect. And and they they do have a tendency sometimes to to uh, disregard what we're trying to trying to get across and and that is the unfortunate part of it but for the for the most part in my experiences experience i've uh, these people that i've dealt with are very receptive to the ideas and 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 are willing to talk to you about them they may not may or may not take any action on it or they may promise you they'll take action on it and not do so but 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 in my experience, most of the people I've talked to have been very receptive to everything. But you do run across people in certain circumstances who who just don't seem to understand or get get it, you know. So and and that and it may, sometimes makes it difficult. And I don't, I really don't know what to tell you about it, Matt. I think that was Matt that asked the question, uh, other than just to keep trying and or, or go to somebody else that you may have access to that may be able to convince that person that what you're talking about is legitimate and needs to be considered in a a respectful way.
3: I have some thoughts as well. Um, So whatever James said was great. um, You know, keep at it. Don't like, just go go somewhere else. Um, Also, um, if you can bring research, bring like l- bring liter- literature on uh, whatever issue you're talking about. Um, so, like, have have it in writing on have the issue. So for like we have like so for um ACB like for for, for 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 our meeting we have um papers that are backgrounders that say what what, what the issue is, why it's important, what what it would have um. Also, just follow up. Follow up. If, if if they don't get it one year, they'll get if they don't get one year, don't give up. Just uh, keep at it. Like, they'll like, keep at it. Keep, keep moving in new facts, new new background. Uh, and but eventually, eventually they'll click. But also, if they don't get it, just don't go over, over, over it again. So.
0: Thanks, guys.
1: That's really great advice. Any other hands?
2: I, I, I might add also that you know, all, all of these uh, senators and representatives have staffers. They have quite a quite a group of staffers that work for them. And they go over everything that's presented to them. So if you can make a form of relationship with some of their staffers that could uh, say, wait a minute, boss, uh, you need to listen to these people. So that might be an option.
1: That's a great point as well.
0: Um I wonder if uh, either of you could talk about something that you maybe thought was gonna get done and didn't, uh, you know, or something that you really wanted to get done, but there was just too much, too much opposition. Um, I can, sorry.
3: Uh- um, I can just talk briefly about the website as um, act um see it, we all we all have have stories about how the web is not accessible to us or how we can't do a certain task or go with or do or go, do shopping or anything like that um independently because the what website that's successful useful to us um I mean that issue has been issue for several years and um, we have we have a bill um, we had a bill out of Congress and we were an imperative this Congress um, about coming coming a bill soon um, but we just like it's a real um, lesson in how and so, how much had to be able to push for things and how much like um how, how many impediments there are to actually getting getting it getting it out there and done um, so, um, because it, you all know that the bill, has, the bill has not passed, and the bill has has yet yeah, to be introduced reintroduced reintroduced reintroduce, reintroduce this year um in Congress, so we're just like kind of lesson in, in, in patience, lesson and um just how slow things can move when you when you, when you can expect expect expected to go to like issue that you want you want passionate passionate about um just how, how the, process, the process can sort of hinder of that, so. Not a turn, but just like, it just it just shows you how much you gotta push, 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 push into your, push for um, your per- parties.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the things that's so important to remember is that legislation is very, it's slow. Like, it's a very slow process. And it's that way by design, but that doesn't make it any less frustrating. Um, and there's also so much of it that sometimes we can't pay attention. We can't give the same emphasis to different things. You know, we, we have to kind of pick what are, what's the what's the main issue we want to work on, and then we'll try to get some other ones through. I mean, it's it's really complicated. Um, And who's to say what, which issue is most important too. So James, do you have anything you'd like to share on that?
2: So uh, one, one thing that really disappointed me in my term as mayor was when I convinced the city council, we should ask the citizens to pass a special tax levy for more law enforcement in our community. And so we held town hall meetings. We talked to people, explained what we wanted to do and, in the first year, we were only asking for two dollars a thousand, and on their taxes, additional on their taxes, and it failed. So the second time, we went for a dollar twenty-five, and it failed also. So I was very disappointed uh, when we asked, we we put forth and we let the community know what what we wanted to do and that explained to them how it would benefit them in a huge way, and they still. Would not vote a tax levy, and so to me that was very disappointing. From them.
3: I think it's also a good, a good, it's good to know that there are thousands of bills that interest every year in the in, um, national and national legislature. Um, not every bill gets um, the same priority or the same um, attention as you think it should be. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean it's not important. It just means that you gotta try, you gotta try hard to push harder for next, next Congress
0: too. So good point. triple g has a sand raised.
5: ooh great. okay hello Swatha. hello james um this question may be more directed at and hello hindley um this question may be more directed at james and uh, possibly hindley but um i'm going to ask it to all of you um one of the common Objections I've heard to bringing any advocacy issue before um, the legislature or before your, your government is that it only gets heard by an intern, usually. And um, I've heard that actually a lot from people that only, only an intern or only an underling, you know, hears it. And I'm wondering um, if, if you can talk about that and um, talk about maybe um, why that might be a myth um, or maybe just why, um, um, how, you know, even even (laughs) like if it doesn't go straight to the person, why it's still powerful to advocate. Is that somewhat understandable? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you. Yes, it, it is, and and
2: for sure, um, it is true that sometimes you and and I've experienced this myself. Uh, if you talk to the wrong person, it may or may not get to where you want it to go. So, is all you can really is all you can do is follow up and and continue to follow up and keep pressing the issue until until it reaches the ears of your. Representative, that you want to hear this, and 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 once it does, to follow up and make sure that that person understands what it is you're talking about, and will will agree to listen more to you and, and set up an appointment with that with your representative, whoever it may be. And and it is true. Sometimes it's hard to get through to them, but but you have to be persistent. You can't just take no for an answer. Absolutely,
3: that makes sense. I'd also add that even if even if you she was just heard by an intern, they do they, they do like at least from at least when I internet in the Hill, um we were required to sort of report our what we were here to our um superiors. So they'd go to the st- hired higher up in regardless. So um an intern, the intern is still um you still keep record 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 records of of your phone call and of your um, letters, so it's not like it just goes with, it falls and falls into ears as well so
5: thank you because I think that um that was discouraging when I heard it to me at first, you know but um i've I've never done advocacy on the hill or anything, but it was discouraging that. You know, but then it will go somewhere eventually. So thank you.
2: Well, not always. A lot of the times, uh, sometimes, as, as Swatsa said, you know, these bills do not get passed. And, and and a good example is when I went back east to the, to the Hill, every year my favorite topic was the, the Medicare Lens Exclusion Act. We, we were trying to get them to revise it to allow Medicare to pay for anything with lenses. And I, I guess that one finally got dropped because we could not make any headway on it. So it's not all. Um, it never. It, sometimes it just never works out for you.
3: Sometimes numbers get numbers get numbers again, Numbers game. Like when does your bill get? When when did your issue get become a bill? When does it get introduced? Um, or also like how many people support it? How, the, more, the more people hear about it, the more people that, the more they hear that, that hear you want that hear you want support it. They will um, manage to get somewhere. So if it, even if it just doesn't, doesn't have become a law, it's still uh, some, some issues that they know about, they hear about. So just no not get discouraged when you hear, when you, like, hear the Nodder, bill goes past because I mean, that was the bills and every issue is for some person, someone. So um, just might not be our time. So I
4: wish Justice is Amanda. I was just going to add to Triple G's question. Typically, when we've met with um, representatives and our senators here in Kentucky, um, nine times out of 10, we've met with the staff. And from what we've been told, um, you want to, the, the staff sometimes are the ones that, um, yeah, but like Swatha said, they're taking the notes. And they're make, you know they're they're recording you know pretty much everything that they're doing, um, but the last meetings that we had you know both um, our one of our congressmen um, he had to leave he only had a limited time uh, with us because he had another meeting, and then um, on the other one we had a um, senator and. Um, he was on there briefly, um, but it's it's just as important to advocate and to present to those people as if you're presenting um, to the actual person. Um, and we are blessed with COVID that we do, oh, because of COVID, we, so, some of these virtual appointments, we're most likely able to uh, present to Um our representatives and our senators. So it's, it's really nice, um, the actual people, not just staff. So it's, 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 it's a really nice opportunity. Um, I, I I wouldn't say give up hope. Um, but, you know, I mean, just, just think, you know, you th- these are the people that, you know, could also influence that person's decision. And you know it's it's really good. You gotta sweat. You gotta present either way. So, sorry, don't mean to ramble, <laughs> but yeah.
3: No, great point, Amanda. You put your best foot forward when you're in meetings, no matter heard talking to. So, yes, and you
2: have to remember these people are considering dozens and of uh, issues at the same time, and the staff members that you present your your issues too they have staff meetings regular staff meetings where they go over everything that's been brought to their attention and they prioritize what they think is uh needs to be addressed first and it may be that your issue is no priority to them but you can't give up you just you have to be persistent with these people that's why we go back every year as a, a american council of the blind to uh Keep reminding these people we have issues that we want you to address.
0: All right. Emily, we do not have any additional hands.
1: All right. James and Swatha, you both have been absolutely fantastic. Uh, We've really enjoyed hearing about your experiences. And we appreciate you sharing your stories and your advice. Please do feel free. Um, everyone who's here, please do feel free to reach out uh, to any of us in NextGen. And if you have questions about DC leadership or want to get more involved in your state affiliate advocacy, we can do our best to help get you connected. We want to definitely hope that this is, if you're already an advocate, that's great. We hope you continue with that. Um, If this is your first time, Um, really digging into national, state, and local advocacy. We hope this is only the beginning. So please do uh, think about what's been said here and and why policy is so relevant in in our world. So thank you all for being here. Um, James and Swatha, thank you so much for your time and uh, for your commitment to policies that impact blind and low vision Americans. And I hope you all have a great rest of your evening. Who also can before you leave, um I I mean, I'm remiss mis- if I did not
3: plug our um email address. So um if you have issues that you want uh, that you want to bring bring to Mir Clark, um email us at advocacy at a and we'll get to you. we'll hear and we hope to hear you soon.
0: If you want to know more about ACB Next Generation and the work we are doing to empower the next generation of leaders in ACB, visit our website at acbnextgeneration.org.